From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast, your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker and editor of the CQ Budget Newsletter, and welcome to Hell Week. This is the week when it's crunch time in Congress. They're staring down a Friday deadline for a year-end spending deal, or we could have a shutdown, and who knows what's going to happen now. And joining me to discuss all the possibilities, good or bad, is my podcast co-host, Jennifer Schutt from CQ. Thank you, Jen, for joining me. Thanks for having me. So this is going to be a wild and unpredictable week. We know that much, not much else. What's going to happen? No one really knows at this point in time. There was a lot of hope from some lawmakers riding on the meeting last Tuesday between President Donald Trump, House Minority Leader uh, Nancy Pelosi, and Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer. That obviously did not go well. Everyone has seen the video at this point in time. Some of us have watched it multiple times. The big fight remains to be how much they will spend on border barriers in fiscal 2019, which began back on October 1st. And despite the fact that we've had this back and forth over $1.6 billion or $5 billion essentially since June, there is still no resolution on how to solve that in a bipartisan, bicameral manner. And so there we are. And without a deal on a border wall funding, uh, there's no deal on six other unfinished spending bills that are hanging in the balance. Uh, We're talking overall more than $300 billion of discretionary spending still on the table, affecting nine cabinet departments, all of which could be shut down by December 21st without a deal. Um, What's, I mean... Clearly, lawmakers left town last week saying they, there was no plan in place. Uh, can you sense what the betting is? Will we have some kind of stopgap measure versus a real shutdown? It sounds like there's a whole host of options on the table at this point, And the real unknown remains what President Donald Trump will sign. I think if you just let the four corners of congressional leadership, you know, Speaker Ryan, Leader Pelosi, Leader McConnell, Leader Schumer, if you just put them in a room with key appropriators and staff, that they would be able to work out some type of agreement and they could get this done by the end of the week. I think both sides would leave a little bit unhappy with the the final deal, but that's how these high-level negotiations always go. But the fact that leaders don't really know what President Trump will or will not sign is really complicating efforts. I was speaking with Senate Majority Whip John Cornyn, Republican of Texas, last week, and I just asked him kind of point blank, what is the plan? Who is meeting when are they going to be meeting and what is the final legislation going to look like? And he said there's no discernible plan at this point in time. And Senate Appropriations Chairman Richard Shelby, Republican of Alabama, said that it seems like they're on a path to nowhere. And Chairman Shelby is often the level-headed person who's saying, I don't think we need to talk about a stopgap spending bill yet. But he and others really seem sort of frustrated with where they're at right now with President Trump and the uncertainty. So there's no discernible uh, resolution here, although we should also say that that they could reach a bargain at any time. And lawmakers have told me that, you know, it could be wrapped up in a matter of hours if they wanted once they have a deal. I mean, a deal is still possible, but they have to cave on this on this on this wall issue one way or the other. And it's also interesting because 
both sides are exaggerating the stakes here in this wall debate. The difference between 1.3 billion and or 1.6 billion and 5 billion is not that great for <laughs> I mean a wall is going to cost 25 billion dollars or so over over years and the the few billion dollars difference here that they're fighting about is not a make or break issue as some lawmakers have acknowledged and yet the political symbolism this has taken on is so intense that it's all of the politics of it has been wrapped up into this into this few billion dollar disparity and everything's hanging on it now and and no one wants to cave right now but I guess the betting is the closer they get to Christmas, the more likely it is that saner heads will prevail and, and, and both sides can give a little. Yeah, I think as we get closer to the deadline for the stopgap spending bill for those departments and agencies that don't yet have full year spending bills into law, I think we're going to see the four corners of congressional leadership get in a room and really start having some discussions and maybe send up a proposal or two or three to the White House for staff to sort of pitch to Trump and say, this is what you can get or you can get a shutdown. But then the problem is that it seems like a shutdown. I mean, in that classic D.C. mentality, a shutdown is bad. You don't want one. But it seems like he's trying to turn that logic on its head and almost appeal to his base that a shutdown would actually be a good thing. But lawmakers across the political spectrum really don't want one. Because they know they'll be blamed for it. Yeah. yeah. And traditionally, of course, shutdowns backfire on, on any, any lawmakers that end up triggering one because it excites the public and you have hundreds of thousands of federal employees who are put on furlough or are made to work without pay for a period of time. So they don't like it. There's a backlash effect. People don't have all the services at the ready that they're used to getting. And so normally you, the poll, poll numbers for people sink after a shutdown. Trump seems to be betting, as you point out, that it might work for his base. But, of course, his base is a minority of the public. I don't know. It depends if he's willing to, to, to really – <laughs> run the tables here and, and, and press his luck, right? Yeah, and this isn't a full government shutdown because, remember, we have right. the Department of Defense is funded. The legislative branch is funded. Right. The VA it would be more is limited. Funded. Right. So it would be – this isn't the entire discretionary budget that's not going to – that's going to sort of fall out. It's right. just a smaller chunk. It would be smaller but still evident. So we don't know whether they're really willing to, to run. Clearly, the sense from lawmakers of both leaders of both parties is they don't want to shut down. They've said repeatedly they don't want one. It's Trump, of course, who's, who's saying he would be proud to have a shutdown if, he, if it meant defending his border security plan. And that's the ultimate test, I guess, as to, as to which way they, they go on this thing. Yeah, it sounds like there's going to be a lot of behind-the-scenes talk in the early part of this week about really how to avoid this. And of course, if you have a shutdown, no one's position changes during a shutdown. Right. You know, he's tend still going to want $5 billion. Democrats are still yeah. going to be saying, we I want a CR that would be the $1.3 billion level or the Senate bill, which would be $1.6 billion. And we should say, we know what Democrats are, are demanding out of this. They, they say... Let's at least pass the six unfinished spending bills that fund everything except for the Department of Homeland Security uh, and then do a stopgap measure for the Department of Homeland Security. Then the question becomes Republicans are saying, aren't willing to bite on that because they're still pushing for the full $5 billion in the wall funding. Well, not all Republicans on the Hill are pushing for the full $5 billion. True, but it seems like most are still 
trying to fight for that. Uh, so then the question is, would there be any compromise there of at least getting the six other bills done, even if the Homeland Security thing is hanging, hanging on a thread here? Yeah, I think there could be some anomalies for Homeland Security, that sort of additional spending for certain programs like the Polar Icebreaker that both parties really want to see funded in fiscal 2019. I think the the unpredictable factor at this point in time is I think the votes for six bills plus a CR for Homeland Security could get through Congress. But then if Trump vetoes it, you have a Republican Congress having to decide whether or not they override a presidential veto or allow the shutdown to begin. And that's a very, that's a difficult political decision to have to make. And they're not giving themselves a lot of extra time here. Even though they only have a week left, the House is not scheduled to be back in session now till Wednesday night. The negotiating at this point in time is mostly amongst key appropriators and congressional leaders in the White House. You don't need rank and file lawmakers hanging around D.C., when there's a lot of holiday parties going on and alcohol, I mean, that's just a whole level of drama <laughs> I don't think congressional leadership wants. So I think the idea that you're getting the rank and file, especially those who maybe aren't coming back in January, out of the way to do negotiating and then bring them back in town, potentially later in the week, hopefully for votes. That's true. So they could just, if the negotiators get a deal, they could just ram it through at the end, either Thursday or Friday, if they wanted to. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So there is that, but it's it's still going to be really giving them only a f- couple of days maybe to get this done on time if if they can reach the deal even by Wednesday. Yeah, we'll so. see. I mean, it's just it's another unpredictable hell week in Washington. And on top of everything else, uh House Republicans appear to still be trying to pass another package of tax cuts, uh although they they sort of abandoned plans to rush it to the House floor last week, and we don't know if they're still going to try, but but they, they were hoping to try to get it through. This is another package to provide more tax relief to, to delay taxes imposed under the Obamacare health law. It would provide tax relief for <clears throat> wildfire victims and a bunch of other stuff. It's supposed to cost $80 billion over the coming decade. They've, it, the price has gone up in recent weeks as they've tried to revise the bill and gain and gain broader support for it, and yet they still haven't been able to bring it to the floor. We'll have to see in these final days whether they think they have enough support with lawmakers leaving town to even bring it to the floor and ram it through. It's not even clear the Senate would take it up at that point, or maybe they'll take pieces of it, but we don't know. More important is this spending deal that is still anybody's guess. So stay tuned to CQ for all of this week's developments. My thanks again to Jennifer Schutt, my podcast co-host, for joining me today. Thanks, Jen. Thanks for having me. And thank you all for listening. I'm David Lerman, your CQ Budget Tracker. We'll be back next week. Until then, you can stay up to date by subscribing to the CQ Budget Newsletter. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and rate us on iTunes or catch us on Spotify, Stitcher, NPR One, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And for more budget news, you can subscribe to CQ.com or visit RollCall.com or find us on Twitter. The handle is at CQNow or at RollCall. See you next week.